0: Welcome to the Hill Pursuit Podcast, where we talk about training and life. Enjoy the show.
1: What's up, Mitch? This is Episode 2 of the Hill Pursuit Podcast. Pretty cool to say that. Episode 2, Episode 1 of the new year, 2021. How is your new year going? What's going on?
0: It's going well. I know this is the first official podcast of uh, 2021 we yeah. touched base right prior to the new year so um, not too much has changed since then just that we went from 2020 to 2021 yeah and
1: about and you. The, the the mindset though right like 2020 is officially over the madness yes. is over hopefully right so hopefully we have um a little bit of normalcy coming up here this year but Um, Yeah, real quick, guys, this is uh, Hill Pursuit episode two. Um, You guys can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, just at Hill Pursuit. You guys can email us at hillpursuit at gmail.com. And then this podcast for right now is on Podbean and Google Podcasts, Um, hopefully branching out eventually. But for right now, that's where we're at. Um, We're just going to talk about training, fitness, life, a little bit of everything in between and hope that you guys can get something from it. So, um, yeah, we have a little bit of normalcy, hopefully this coming year in 2021. Um, why don't we just kind of today let's just kind of chat about what 2021 could look like for us. Um, anything we have, you know, scheduled, um, talk about what we're doing. I know I have a bunch, I know you have something pretty cool coming down the line. Um, but, why don't you uh, kick us off with, you know, what your 2021 might look like, how it's maybe a little different than 2020, hopefully a little different than 2020, and what your training might look like to kind of reach any goals that you have. So why don't you start us off, Mitch? Go ahead.
0: Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll bounce back and forth yeah. and um, just kind of go off. Yeah. You went to 2020 and 2021, but you might disagree, but I don't think it's going to be a light switch where everything the world just turns to uh back normal yeah. in, in one day so i think we got to keep adapting and we kind of touched that if you haven't seen the blog or well, there'll be some upcoming blogs that we have to keep moving forward and using the best of our resources so like we said a lot of gyms are closed right now so kind of gotta do best with what we have so uh 2000, 2021 for me i actually have a uh fall elk archery hunt out in Colorado and uh I'll probably once spring rolls around I'm going to be gearing a lot of my training towards that because that's a, a little bit of a not a little bit actually a lot different of a hunt than I'm used to out here and I'll I'll talk about that as we get a little bit deeper into the uh podcast so I'll uh I'll let you speak about your nice. place yeah <laughs> yeah what time of year is
1: that for you you said fall yeah it's going to be in September yeah so you have Oh, well, that that's pretty cool. September. Okay. So I didn't know that that's actually my biggest time of the year too in 2021 um, cool. is September. So I have a bunch of other things along the way. So my, you know, my training and my programming, and what I'm doing for myself is going to be, you know, I'll have a lot of small cycles. I imagine you'll just have like this massive base block. Correct. And then get a lot more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, real quick, you did say, just because you just said this, that hunt is going to be a lot different than hunts you do out here. How are they different? How's the training different for them?
0: So, yeah. So, I've never honestly been on an archery elk hunt. Uh, I obviously talked to some people that have been on them. I've read numerous articles, magazines of people that have been on them in the past or spoke to people specifically. So, if you are familiar with hunting on the east, I'm not saying all hunting is like it on the east coast, but you know, your standard white-tailed deer hunt is you're in a tree stand for a long time and um, kind of get that you get that interaction, that brief interaction where you hope the animal comes in the shooting range, hopefully everything goes right. And then obviously the physical the physicality part doesn't come in until you're actually dragging the animal out. So out in Colorado, you know, a lot of the hunting is, especially the elk tree elk hunting is you're chasing the animal you know it's uh it's kind of running it's kind of running gun so you hear them you got to go to them because i mean they're they have one thing on their mind that time of year they're mating you know they're they're uh you're kind of you're going in their home turf so you hear them you got to run to them and then uh, it's kind of game on at that point so uh the physicality part and getting physically prepared is going to be huge because you know it's you're gonna you're gonna be one adrenaline's gonna be pumping just because you get to draw back on this massive animal, you know, and then you just maybe ran a quarter mile to find it, and then you have to steady yourself to when you draw your bow back to actually hone that pin in on the on the on the elk. So it's
1: pretty intense. Yeah. Um so who's does like do you are you gonna be designing your own program? Or are you gonna have a very specific like a periodiz- periodization for um, you know, leading up to it, how long is it going to be, what's it going to look like, like what, what kind of implements are you going to use to train? Like, what kind of stuff do you have to do to like prepare for the functionality of that type of a hunt?
0: Sure. And so a lot of, honestly, I was going to, and this might be some of the stuff you and I do behind the scenes between you and I, and then maybe we'll talk about it on the blog and the podcast is, you know, you have the, you have the experience in the triathlon type, world maybe some more of that endurance world so i'll definitely be pulling some info out of you maybe you and i can come up with some programming myself but i've been thinking maybe roughly around a 12 16 week just massive long like you said block where you know it's gonna be honestly when you when you program something you have to program backwards so it's like okay this is the start of it and it's
1: funny you just said that because i literally just went okay 12 16 weeks what's that backwards from, from yeah. September. That's funny. You just said that. So what are you looking at? Like May, June, like June-ish would be like 12 weeks, right? Correct. Cool.
0: And uh, so a lot of it, you know, and we talked about this on the last podcast is right now I'm just trying to get stronger. So that's kind of where our is at now. I'm having fun, nothing crazy structured right now. Obviously I'm following a program that I have, but just kind of enjoying it. And uh, as I get geared in towards that, you know, a lot of it's going to be, I'm going to still, like I said, I never neglect anything. A lot of it's just going to be building like what we commonly phrased is like your chassis integrity. Yeah. Absolutely. So covering a lot of miles with a heavy rucksack on your back. So just kind of, you know, a lot of probably doing a lot of weighted walking, um, probably a lot of lunge type work, single leg work and uh, kind of honing it off of, off of there.
1: Yeah, cool. We definitely should talk about that a little bit more. I mean, like you said, this is like for, that's forever away for you. So you have, you know, you have a huge time to build a base, but um, we absolutely should talk about what that programming could look like for you. Um, I, you know, just selfishly, I want to get into that a little bit and see how we can make something that's functional for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, spitball ideas back and forth and, maybe get some input from some listeners and see what people think about the functionality of your 12, 16 week program and build for that, for that hunt. I think that'd be really fun to do that. So, um, anyway, so for, for me, I'll just kind of jump in here. So yeah, September's the biggest, biggest time of the year for me too. That's essentially what I've been working for, for, you know, maybe the last couple months seriously but since I started since I started triathlon I had the goal of doing a full Ironman you know it's who who doesn't you know if you start triathlon you know that the the carrot is the full Ironman you know one Mm -hmm. day right like one day maybe I'll do something like that um and I just would rather my one day come a little sooner than maybe um Maybe is typical, but so yeah, September eighteenth is my full Ironman that I'm preparing for. Um, in Maryland is where I'm going to do that.
0: Okay, nice.
1: Yeah, super stoked about it because what's cool is I'm doing the same course for a half Ironman on June thirteenth. So okay. it's exactly half the distance. So your full Ironman, you know, two point four swim. mile swim, 112 mile bike and a full marathon run. So the half is literally just half of all that 1.2, 56 and 13.1. And what's nice is I'm doing the same course, essentially very, very close to the same course in Maryland for the half, which is June 13th and then the full on September 18th. So not only will I get more comfortable with, the like the course itself or uh, you know i'll get comfortable with a longer event um i'll be familiar with how the swim will feel you know of course it's going to be a couple of months later so the temperature is not going to be the exact same but like whether whether it's like a high current or i actually i'm not even sure what type of body of water i'm swimming in i'm not even sure i was going to ask you that yeah yeah you know, it's it's up that's information's obviously uploaded and I'm just not really yeah um, sure yeah I I just forget it like I said it's forever away and um the training has to has to be there anyways it doesn't matter exactly it's not really a factor it it doesn't really matter what I'm swimming in. but um so yeah I have some other small stuff just kind of for fun along the way I'm doing a sprint triathlon which is super fast 90 minutes or less event in late May just again just kind of for fun and getting some speed work in before my half Ironman in June and then in late July I'm doing an Olympic distance which again is basically just half of half Ironman so it's like uh the Olympic distance is like let me not get this wrong 1500 meter swim 20 yeah 1500 meter. It's like 26. No. Yeah. 26. And then 10 uh, K I think is what it is. Something like that. Okay. Um, it's probably about a three hour event ish right. somewhere in there. Hopefully a little less than that, but I'm not really to the point where, so yeah, Mitch talked, Mitch, you said in the, you know, that we referenced some of this stuff in the blog recently. And I definitely said this in the blog post about my 2021 is, you know, you can't really just, you can't look at an event and just set a goal um, mm-hmm. without, you know, feeling what what's required to perform at that level. So I've never done some of these events before. It'd be mm-hmm. it'd be absolutely ridiculous of me to say, OK, I'm going to complete my half Ironman in six hours. Yeah, you have no <laughs> idea. you can't you can't just put you can't just put a number out there and say, oh, I'm going to do it in this amount of time let me train to get there no no no
0: no, so, no you done, you've done your share of sprints correct
1: yeah i've done a few sprints so like i'm comfortable saying correctly like, all right if the conditions are similar i i could wake up that morning and have an idea of how i'm going to finish mm-hmm. um yeah. you know that doesn't take into consideration you know it's never happened to me but like you get your goggles kicked off of your head um And then you have to take a couple, maybe a couple minutes to get your goggles on in the middle of a lake or something like that. Or maybe like a flat tire on the bike ride where you have to add five to seven minutes, hopefully less, but to repair your flat tire and then keep going. Or, you know, it doesn't take into consideration things like that, but in a general sense, if none of that stuff happens, yeah, sure. I could probably predict where I'm going to finish a sprint, but um Yeah. So 2021, those, those three races, the half Ironman, the Olympic distance try, and then the full Ironman are all races I've never done. So I have three big, um, three big carrots that I've never, I've never even sniffed before, which is pretty (laughs) wild. Like I I'm confident in myself and I've done a half Ironman, the distances I've done the distances, like on my own I did it once this year just kind of for fun right. um, not in a race and I had to drive to and from my pool so it wasn't really like a it was not a race atmosphere whatsoever but I did complete all of the distances like in order you know just just nice. kind of for fun just to feel the the long day and it was it was a long day but yeah I have done that before so like I know in terms of comfortability, I know I can do it. And that there's a big mental aspect to that stuff too. Right. But but, I
0: was just going to say one cool thing about kind of the the worlds we kind of submerge ourselves into the area of um, competition. Now yeah, to me, yeah. hunting is some sort, there is a competition, whether it's between you and yourself, you and the environment, wow. you know, the same thing with you triathlon, nothing is structured. You know what I mean? At least, you know, you have, you have a, a swim, bike and a run yeah what happens in between all those who knows right i think that is awesome and uh, like you said you get your not your goggles kicked off you know you can't you can't prepare for that yeah there's
1: there's nothing to do in training to prepare for getting your goggles kicked off i mean you know i say that and then i immediately think back to when i was first getting into swimming a little bit Mm -hmm. um i have a friend who was a pretty good swimmer in college. And, you know, it's not like he trained or coached me through anything, but he met me in the pool one time just to kind of show me the, some basic drills I could do with some different pool implements like buoys and boards and Mm -hmm. fins and stuff like that, just so I could get comfortable with like how to do some drills and stuff. Sure. Um, And as I was swimming, he was, we were doing this drill where he was just grabbing my ankles like, okay. like every couple of strokes and I knew he was doing it and it was still really hard to, to kind of prepare for it. So I, all I'm saying is I can't imagine that kind of stuff happening when you're not expecting it. Right. Or, you know, and it happens. Like I've, I've oh, yeah. only, I've only done three of them, but you run into people in the water all the time. Like I've run into people, people have run into me, you get kicked by accident all the time. It's like, it's like, you hope that you don't get your goggles kicked off because that literally could be minutes. Cause you have to tread water, get the water out of your goggles, get the water out of your eyes and probably your mouth, you know, <laughs> and try to regain composure. But you know, that's never happened. It could happen halfway through an Ironman swim. I don't, you know, I don't know, but um, anyway, so yeah, those are my, th- my three big ones. And then another uh, big one I have is actually the soonest, the closest event that i'm doing is the pittsburgh marathon i just love the pittsburgh marathon it's on may 2nd nice. um, You're training for it right now what's that
0: have you dialed in your training for it yet
1: i haven't dialed in so over winter break for me you know since i'm on like a university schedule yeah i have like six to eight weeks where i i just kind of move and stay active. So, um, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm staying active. I'm running a few times a week, biking a few times a week, lifting when I can. Gyms have been closed out here. So, um, it's, it's been a challenge, but, um, I am actually getting in the pool tomorrow morning, which will be fun for the first time in a while, but, um, yeah, so I'm not like super dialed into the marathon, but I did just come off a massive running block for, a marathon i ran in early october yeah. so like the volume and the intensity that i need to prepare for may i'm very very familiar with because it's literally the block i just came off of you know two and a half months ago two months ago eight weeks ago whatever um so that's my first one is um pittsburgh marathon may 2nd and having run that solid. race what do you say
0: i said solid
1: yeah now having run that race a few times and I did a couple other marathons. I think I've actually done 5 now. Like I can I can comfortably say like look, I want to run a 4 hour marathon, you know. Um I was pretty close in October I ran like 408. And that was I was pretty jacked about that because my previous best was like 419. So I wasn't even really trying for a four hour marathon. I was just trying to PR, you know, I was just trying to do my best and my best ended up being, you know, 11 minutes better than it had been before. So I was super jacked about that. And now that, you know, now that I have that new bar um, Mm -hmm. this is, this is why you have to test and retest yourself too. Like you have have to do it. You have to test your bench, your squat, your deadlift, whatever, whatever compound lifts that you use all the time, you have to test them Mm -hmm. because you you might set a new bar that you, you know, over the last 10 weeks, you didn't know that that bar was there because you just hadn't tested in forever. So Mm -hmm. anyway, for me, like I have that new bar, so I'm actually going to start my new training block in February. And I know exactly how I need to train in terms of um, you know my heart rate zones and my paces that I need to, that I need to you know maintain for different distance runs and and training runs I know exactly where I need to be now because I have a new I have a new bar and a new carrot to shoot for you know what I mean
0: all right let me ask so, you something quick yeah because you're this is that uh, you actually kind of just struck a thought so like so you're programming for yourself in the weight room or you're programming for a team right you if you're basing off the squat bench deadlift press they all you're usually going to find either a two, three, one, two, or three one uh, rep max, right? You can find a pretty good, accurate one rep max based off a of three, three rep max with just some math, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, some people have different philosophies where you're basing all your training numbers off that true 100% max, right? Or there's the other theory, which I – I fall back on this one is where your train all your training numbers are based around 85%, 90% of your yeah. your one-rep max because it kind of gives you that leeway because not every day at the gym, we yeah. all know is fantastic. So is that the same thing for running where you have a, a good heart rate you, and you base it off your that or are you kind of taking a percent of that?
1: So how I feel about what you just said with – training off of your one rm right like first i'll just say i'm completely fine with however an athlete is most comfortable doing it and i don't have i don't have any problem with a coach using a real one rm a predicted one rm or a real three rm as like the number to go to program off of I'm fine with all of those. Like, I'm I'm fine with all those. I've used all three of those before for myself and for athletes, and I'm fine. Like, I'm completely fine with all of them. I think different people respond to either of those three numbers Mm -hmm. um, differently. There's so much individual variability there. there To running,
0: I don't know how that works. Right, right,
1: swimming. Yeah, I just wanted to say first that I love all three of those options. I've used them, and I'm I'm cool with all of them. So in, in the same sense, what's cool about what's cool about running, if you have a device to measure your intensity, the intensity of your runs, like a heart rate monitor strap.
0: Okay, or, so you're looking at heart rate as your yeah, intensity. Or okay. a
1: wrist heart rate is, mm-hmm. like you said, when you walk into a gym to lift weights, you might not have it that day, right? So yes. if, you, if you were to program off of a 1RM, you know, you might completely fail (laughs) you might completely fail that intensity when you could walk in you know eight days later that same that same absolute number and that same percentage of the one rm and you could completely nail it you know Mm -hmm. so what's cool with running is you get that feedback immediately um right whether or not you have it or don't have it you know so if 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 my coach, and that's another thing I want to touch on before we run out of time, I will be using a coach. (laughs) Um, he's a friend, he's a friend of mine. He coached me a little bit last year and he's going to be coaching me for this year as well as I build to, he's mainly going to be coaching me for triathlon, but, um, I have some running goals also. So he'll be coaching me for just endurance sport in general, but, um, Anyways, if my coach were to say, look, today's 80 minute run needs to be zone two, 100% zone two, do not touch zone three even one time. You know, and this is something maybe we can talk about, but in a general sense, um, heart rate zones are just percentages of your max heart rate. So zones one and two are essentially like easy recovery, um, um, long, slow distance type of zones zone three, you push it a little bit. It's like a, it's an intensity you could hold for hours. Zone fours is, is more of like a, a threshold zone. Um, and then five, six, and seven are all like anaerobic bursts. Um, super high intensity type zones where the higher you go, the less time you can spend in those zones. But what's nice is if you set those zones up on your watch, you know, and I'm lucky I have a Garmin watch. I don't have like a top of the line Garmin. I'm not, you know, I'm, I use what works for me. It's a Garmin Vivoactive, which is great. But um, I can see my heart rate in real time. So if I'm exhausted that day, but my run is a zone two run, let's say my zone two run on a day that I'm completely exhausted is like a, a 10 minute mile pace. I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out. But then two weeks later, my coach gives me that same 80 minute zone two run. But I'm feeling great and I'm recovered and I'm rested and I'm fueled properly. Maybe my zone two that day is 940. You know, so it's not it's less about pace. It's more about the actual real time feedback of your heart rate as a measure of intensity. So that's what's awesome about it. It's not like you have to. Um, you don't pre-plan the heart rate intensity that you're running at. You just okay. give it a zone, give it a zone, and then based on how rested and recovered you are, you just stay in that zone in real time. So okay. I got you. I'll be the first to say that, like my biggest weakness is patience with that concept. Like it's super tough if you're if you go out for let's even if it's just like a recovery 40 minute run or or a half hour run or let's even say 20 minute, you know, something super, super easy. If you're an athlete, you could probably go rip a 20 minute run without even thinking about it. Right. So let's say your coach tells you it has to be a recovery run though. And you're not supposed to go higher than a zone two. It's probably going to be really hard to run at such a slow intensity for only 20 minutes when you just want to go sprint around the track as many times as you possibly can. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's like the whole discipline thing that I'm starting it's grateful to get, though. It, yeah. It's super important and I'm starting to get a lot better with it. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's a patience thing. And I've definitely learned that from my coach in the past and it was super, super valuable for me. So just another one real quick. And then I actually have a question, but, or like a, t- a little topic that kind of just came up, but, um, when I was doing that recent massive, um, marathon build for October. Um, I ran hundred and 120 miles in two weeks. So I ran, you know, 60 miles a week for two weeks in a row. And the majority of those runs were all zone one, zone two slow. Yeah. Like you, you don't need to touch super high intensity sprint, anaerobic threshold work a whole lot when you're right. building. Yeah, I believe it. yeah. When you're building for something as long as a four, five, six, you know, maybe a full Ironman of 14 hours of a competition or a race, you know? So, um, the discipline to stay, <laughs> to stay at low intensity, it's hard, but I'm learning it. And, um, I'm glad that I've kind of I've got that anecdotal experience with it now um, because it just makes me better as, you know, a coach myself. So that's kind of my question. So as coaches, you know, we've worked with athletes, we work with a few, you know, um, now and, you know, outside of our main, our main jobs as well. But what do you think about this? Do coaches need coaches? (laughs) Yeah. Why, why or why not? I think that's a good question.
0: You know? Actually, I was going to say that to you. One, I think on a personal level, it shows that you're a humble human being,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, because, you know, we don't know all the answers, know all the answers. And I think it, it takes someone else to hold you accountable as well, yeah. because you, you just said it, too. OK, I feel good today, you know, so I'm willing to push it when literally you have you might have the best program written out for yourself and I'm going to push it today because I feel good. You know, you might have felt well that day, but hey, I'm supposed to have a big training day in two days. Okay, why well, just crush myself? And who you right. only have to answer to yourself, but if you go tell your coach that they're gonna be you just you just screwed it up. And yeah. I think and obviously you're smart and I think having someone else there, I'm sure you going you kind of collaborate with your coach, it's not all spoon fed to you. I don't know how that Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't really talk about that too. So I think you know, and I'm not saying if every event you need to have a coach, but I'm definitely going to be looking for you for guidance as I come up on the spring. Oh, without a doubt,
1: without a doubt, and vice versa,
0: for sure. Yeah. So I think, um, I think, yes, that it is totally appropriate for a coach to have a coach. How about you?
1: Absolutely. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously I agree because I have one. So first of all, um, regardless of how many athletes I've ever coached or am coaching, What I had zero experience with one year ago was triathlon, zero. I had no experience with it, none. So if I would have, you know, I like to think, you know, we both have an education and understand physiology behind exercise. Um, I could have probably made myself a program to compete in a triathlon, but um, it would not have been nearly as focused as it needed to be in order for me to be competitive, you know, competitive, not in the field, but competitive with myself even. So yeah, you absolutely need to call on people who do something that specific as their area of expertise. You know um, I've learned a heck of a lot from him. Um, I've done some of my own programming for myself in that sense. I have not worked with any triathletes. I'm S I would still consider myself a little green in that sense, but this year, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go through it for sure. Like, I'm going to go through, I'm, I'm going through a, a full Ironman training block, you know, so.
0: You gotta I'm, put yourself through the fire.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to be able to um, apply it one day to our own athletes, you know, as we move forward with Hill Pursuit for sure. Um, and just, again, be a sponge and soak it up and lean on him and him being my coach and absolutely, um, looking forward to it. So when I think about do coaches need coaches, I literally always think of this story. I have to share it. So ever since I was in like middle school, high school, I've always like done some form of landscaping, (laughs) like a side job in the summers. Um, and I worked for this guy once a landscaper, just like a, a private company. And Um, you know, we would meet on site, you know, most mornings. And one morning we met at his house and he didn't have his house. Like he didn't cut his own lawn. He didn't do his own landscaping. (laughs) you know? And I was like, (laughs) why (laughs) you have this company, you're doing so great and you do awesome work. Why wouldn't you just do your own landscaping? Like someone else was cutting his lawn, you know, when we, when we got there. And he was like, I don't have time to do, I don't have time to do my own lawn. I need somebody else to do it so I can go, you know, help out my customers and, and keep my customers happy. And that's when I, that's what I think about when I think about do coaches need coaches? Um, It doesn't matter how good you are at creating something for someone else. You need someone else to do that for you. So you don't have to put energy into it you know, for, for your, for your own benefit, you know, that just gives you more time to um, create something for your own clients, create something for your own athletes. And, you know, you know that when you wake up on, you know, January 7th, tomorrow morning, your workout is already created. You just get to the gym, do what you're told. You don't have to think about creating your own workout, your intensities, your percentages, just go in and do the work that was made for you and trust your coach that their programming will help you reach your goals. What do you think yeah. about that? And that
0: allows the athlete, that allows the athlete to stay focused. You know, if you were programming, Absolutely. if you were programming your own, you would, to me, I have done this. This is personal. I would have a program laid out and something wouldn't go right. And I'd be in the middle of a cycle and I would change it. You know, why did I yeah. not just, why did I not just stick with it? You know, it, it, it worked. I had it laid out in the beginning. I obviously thought something. So I think that goes back as a coach, you know, he has it laid out. You're not there questioning every decision that you made into this program. You know, you put trust in your coach, you follow it. And, you know, that speaks, that speaks volume. And I think also sometimes it takes that external factor to, they can see you, you know, you get so wrapped up in something, they can look at you and, you know they always say like it when someone and you're screwed up it takes someone to kind of punch you in the face for lack of a better term like something's screwed up here and i think they can kind of hold you accountable to that so not just in the programming but also keep you dialed in you know and hey you got a lot going on in your life right now let's dial back or hey you know let's let's ramp it you know so i think that's uh, critical
1: yeah i love that Uh, Yeah. mm -hmm. yeah so well dude i think that's actually well, let's let's call it that's all i got what else do you have anything
0: no that's uh that's it for me yeah. today
1: so did you, um did you train yet today i have not no, no. i uh
0: i will be i yeah. uh did a, I actually did a little running last night some 400 meter repeats nice and, and uh i only got half of my session in monday at a late night at work so I got in late. I just hit half of the session, and I finished the other half last night. So sometimes just gotta get it in.
1: I'm gonna, um, I'm just gonna get a little ride on the trainer here, just knowing that I'm, I'm swimming tomorrow morning. I'm not gonna do anything crazy, but I'm just gonna get a little, just get the blood flowing a little bit, get a little maybe 45 minute or so ride on the trainer, and get ready for tomorrow morning in the pool, which I'm super looking forward to. But um, nice. Yeah, that's going to be it for, we'll wrap it up. That's going to be it for episode two. Um, so just another reminder, guys, look us up on Facebook, Instagram at Hill Pursuit. If you guys have questions, you want to weigh in on any of this stuff, leave us a comment. Um, shoot us an email at, at gmail.com. We have a blog, um, hillpursuit.com. So check that out. And then right now, this podcast for right now, is on Podbean and google podcasts so just make sure you subscribe leave some comments check us out again this is going to be a weekly podcast so please just keep following along and we'd love to help you out however we can so shoot us an email or a message if you want to anything else from you mitch
0: no we just uh, we'll take any questions or comments and uh, i think that'll, that'll help us grow on our end but besides yeah. that we're out and have a good week awesome sounds good see you later back.